Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. Yeah! Behold, a podcast for the ages, recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Christoph. Hello everybody and welcome to the Rough House Podcast. We are at episode number 309. Recorded on January 15, 2023. I am Marty. And I'm Vince McMahon and you're all fired. (laughs) Are we just going to go right into it? Let's go right into it. <laughs> the World Wrestling Federation for over 50 years. And let's play this one for probably the last time. Look, it's, they're all cockroaches. She'll be back again. After, you know, apparently she broke her ankle. Maybe Vince pushed her down the stairs. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I'm Marty, by the way. That's Christoph. Uh, welcome. And uh, it's been another whirlwind hey, no. week of wrestling. Uh, as we send off Stephanie McMahon once again for real this time. It's like the Ric Flair retirement. You know she's coming <laughs> back at some point. It's just yes. Steph being fired or let go or pushed down the stairs. or It's – it's, uh, and I know I know a broken fucking record, brother. But this yeah. is succession in, oh, in pro wrestling. This is – yeah, we are living the real life version of the Roy's demands with this entire buffoonish, uh, strong arming of Vince McMahon back into, uh, I guess, corporate control yeah. of WWE. Yeah, uh, let, let, let's take into it. And, and I will say we were recording this on Sunday the 15th. I assume nothing new is going to break tomorrow because it's a federal holiday. I mean, honestly, that would be the time to release some shit. You know, that's a great point. If we have recorded <laughs> this on Tuesday, the episode would be very different than when we recorded it on Wednesday, which would be very yeah. different if we recorded it on Thursday, which would be different from whether we recorded it on Friday, because it has been a week of ups and downs and backstage drama in the WWE, none of which has really impacted the product yet. Yeah. Well, and that's, well, that's maybe. the key word. We dig into that a little bit in this week's uh schlegel soapbox justin joining us earlier on in the month because of fucking everything that's going crazy but for those of you who may not have paid attention to all of the back and forth or only caught parts of it let's try to throw out a a high level version <sighs> of of what happened here no chance so that's what you oh. got. and that's what vince had to say to stephanie this week <laughs> so it was announced publicly on uh I believe it was Thursday um, that Stephanie McMahon was leaving WWE after a whopping, uh, I don't know, six Six months, months? seven months. Yeah. uh, As co-CEO of the WWE, uh, she announced to employees at close of business that she was leaving the business and then posted a, a statement that was almost word for word the same. Uh, onto Twitter, telling the WWE universe that she was stepping away from WWE. 
this is the second time uh, that uh, Vince has sent her on her way, as the Observer reported on Friday morning, that Stephanie was actually shown the door the day before, <laughs> booted out of the board because Vince has 82% voting power and shock of shocks could boot her away. So it's now just Nick Khan as CEO. Vince is chairman of the board uh-huh. and Paul Levesque remains wink, wink head of creative. Yeah. 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 In, in title only. Um, so why, and this is all, you know, we talk about this a little bit in the, in the soapbox, the class B stocks, which is what gives Vince this, uh, voting power, uh, over the board. Why even give anybody, uh, you know, 2% voting power? What, what's even the point if one person has 82% of the voting power? I think in general, the, the idea of the process is a Vince can sell off stock and in turn sell off voting rights. Okay. But B, which he would the, never fucking do, which he would never do. Um, but as this entire process has clearly demonstrated, um, but I think the overall idea of class A versus class B stock is for businesses that while they wish to go public, wish to remain in control over the shareholder, basically reap the benefits of being uh, public, increased share prices. Therefore, you as an individual receive more monies because of the stock you have, but you don't want to be beholden to the stock itself uh-huh. to the to the share owners of the business you don't want them to be able to say oust you because you're a crazy old man with putting for brains and poop in your pants who won't stop touching interns uh yeah. that that's the whole idea behind this um so why give paul two percent why give linda three percent or whatever i think it's more about giving them shares and the monetary value less about the voting side of things. I guess. Um, I don't know. Speaking, I'm not smart when it comes to business things. So this is all. Yeah. Greek conjecture from two people who, as far as we know, have 401ks at best. Uh, don't, don't <laughs> own any other stock any other way. And unlike uh-huh. our dear friend, Justin never owned any crypto because yeah, some thankfully. of us knew it was a scam from the start. Anyway, uh, we, also have learned some interesting timelines in so much as the board unanimously voted on December 27th to not let Vince back into the company. Yeah. And then January 4th, the board unanimously voted to let Vince back into the company. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was a very awkward New Year's Eve at the McMahon household. Yeah, I bet it was. I bet it was. Uh, there, there was a all hands meeting held on Friday where uh, Paul Levesque, Triple H, Hunter, whatever you want to call him. Again, it, it feels weird now that he's a he is a, a head of the business to call him Triple H or to call him Hunter because um, it's not the man's name. Uh, but he basically was like, hey, guys, nothing's changing. Uh-huh. Everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. My favorite line is, of course. You know, maybe I sometimes run things by Vince, but hey, I make the final call. Sure you do, Paul. Sure. I make the final call. Uh-huh. Now, I'd be like, okay, maybe there's nothing to worry about. If you didn't think that the literal prior Friday, there was a meeting held by Stephanie and Nick Khan 
with the corporate side of the business saying nothing's going to change and less than a week later stephanie's fucking gone yep yeah this is i mean i'd imagine this happens frequently in the corporate world that we don't hear about because we don't oh, follow corporate does. world. I, I have I have been privy <laughs> to meetings like this. Don't worry, we're selling. Nothing's going to change. What do you mean half of us now aren't going to be paid anymore and need to find new jobs? Right. Yeah, it's you know, it, it's business as usual is going to keep happening. That's oh yeah, cuz business as usual is exactly why we're making these massive changes to the business. Yeah. And this is the world of business and I mean Vince the reasoning that he used to force his way back in um you know and this comes after a couple weeks after him being quoted as the saying he should have stayed on because this whole he thought this whole thing would blow over. Yeah, he was uh, given I, he was given bad advice. Bad advice. Yeah, uh, which that's that's a scumbag thing to say. Yeah, I, I uh, believe Vince was quoted as saying that they were fuck on me. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So and and Vince using the reasoning to to muster his way back in is to maximize potential sale price. Yes. Um basically to to get all the the ducks in the row and put everything in order to 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 get the highest um bid for somebody yeah, wh- to buy it's WWE for media from rights him. or a full sale of the business. Uh, oh, it's an either or. I thought I thought it was just for for sale. It's both. He he said it's for both. But let us be honest. They're they're hiring J.P. Morgan. They're they're hiring all these different th- different people because they intend to sell. And part right. of why they intend to sell is Vince wants to take it private. Why does he want to take it private? You might ask. Well, not only a does he become a much richer man. Yes, he will go from being a a billionaire to a multi billionaire. Which, of course, you know, at nearly 80 years old, who isn't trying to plan out more yeah. exciting things with multiple billions that you can't do with one billion? Plenty of time to spend all those billions. I digress. By the way, same man who literally, quote unquote, retired and so many months later is begging to work again. I'm sure he's yeah. just going to have a great retirement with all these billions of dollars that will not just be like shoved in his ears while he poops his pants. How else is he going to light his cigars? <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Um, Crossy brand the, guitars. The, 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 the whole the whole plan is this idea of, well, you know, I, I, I got to I got to be a positive influence to these deals. And and being private, of course, means. If there's bad press, it's easier to kill because it doesn't affect stock. Right. So instead of the Wall Street Journal reporting on on all your comings and goings because they feel they need to because it affects the stock, it affects the stock market, they could just go ahead and do it. Yeah. Like th- this is not I got caught and I've learned from what I've done. This is oh, I no. got caught and I'm learning how to not be caught again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Which, again – uh, in context of everything alleged against uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, scumbag. Yeah, it's an absolute scumbag move. And you would not be surprised to find out that according to rumor and Scuttlebutt on Tuesday, which was mostly killed by Wednesday, that one of the primary bidders of 
the WWE, or at least interested bidders for the WWE, is... The The Saudi Arabian government. Yeah, I mean, and immediate thoughts, uh, one is not shock at all. Because Vince has been in bed with them. Tens of millions of dollars multiple times a year. Right. To basically do propaganda fest. Yeah. Propaganda slam live from Vince. All about the green uh, in the in the flag is the green is the most important color there. Um, so with that news, and although that news was a rumor started on Reddit that gained a lot of traction very quickly, yeah. um, the fact that Steph was also seen the door around that time, um, you surprise, know, Saudi surprise, the the most prominent female leader of the company right. being shown the door when right. apparently. Saudi Arabia is showing interest. Right. Or before we knew that she was ousted, it yeah, was her, a resignation. Like, yeah, yeah I don't want to – I can't be in the head of, a, of a, a company owned by the Saudis. And the whole Steph resignation or stepping down, however you want to phrase it, yeah. it, it, in context with the Saudi rumor – Definitely added some credence to it. Yeah. Um, and then everybody's next thoughts were, oh, shit. What about Sami Zayn? Uh, what about Sonya Deville? Sonya Deville? What about and... Zelina Vega, whose dad fucking died? Yeah, in 9-11. In 9-11. Like, yeah. <sighs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot, a lot. But this isn't of... new for Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia has been investing well, money in a lot of different places. They own Newcastle United Football Club. They own that. They bought that. That was a okay. whole bit of controversy where a lot of people were like, fuck Newcastle, fuck that group, fuck them for selling. I'm never going to a Newcastle game again. I'm yeah, never watching a Newcastle match ever again. I'm not doing it. You know what? Those Saudi Arabia guys really did a great job on building back this club. They really gave us something we needed. Bless. Yeah, money. Fine, <laughs> of money. They have money in Nintendo. They have money in Sony. They have money in Microsoft. They fucking own SNK. An entire generation of Neo Geo hopes and dreams is owned by the Saudi Arabian Investment Fund. Wow. Which makes the whole uh, mobile King of Fright, uh, King of Fighters WWE crossover a weirdly prophetic image. But that's besides the point. That was a real uh, thing that happened, by the way. They had John Cena and The Rock in a King of Fighters game. On your uh huh. Yeah. Anyway, so that isn't a surprise. But they aren't the only interested suitor. There are no. a few interested suitors. Now, word is one, if they go to uh actually selling the rights for media, the intent is it will be a full package. It will be raw, it will be SmackDown. It will be next day rights for streaming. It will be the uh, PLE uh, events. Uh, oh, NXT, probably main event. You know, whatever show. Everything in, in one bundle. Okay. And as opposed to asking for $500 million, the rumored opening bid is $750 million a year. <laughs> Not a bad deal if you could swing it. I mean... Now, how much money are they asking for the business? The number I heard quoted this week was somewhere between seven and a half and eight and a half billion dollars. That's insane. That's that's exorbitant. It is. But 
how many years ago did Endeavor buy UFC in totality for four billion? Uh yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but the UFC is 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 a lot more popular than WWE. Not anymore. Well, at the time it was. At the time it had the pop cultural cachet. It yeah. did not have the money behind it. It did not have the licensing behind it. It did not have the pay-per-view money behind it. it didn't have the network money behind it. Now, WWE has all of those things. They have all of these things in their favor, which is why it shouldn't be surprising to know that Endeavor is one of the apparently interested parties that they would purchase WWE in addition to owning UFC. Mm. So that's one. Well, I guess two because of Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Now, Nick Khan, as it turns out, was, uh, and, and this is just a fun coincidence. So Sunday was the PWG Battle of Los Angeles, which we will talk uh-huh. about in just a few. Monday was the college football championship. Mm-hmm. Both were taking place in and around Los Angeles, California. Dave Meltzer was in town and in the hotel next to his, Nick Khan was in town because he was going to the football game with the heads of Disney and ESPN. Hmm. So, okay. Disney throw the mouse ESPN. into the into the hat, mouse's hat into the uh, ring. Mm-hmm. But to me, the one that I think is most obvious in all of this is Comcast, owners of NBC Universal. Yeah, proud uh, participant in. Uh, showcasing WWE programming for almost 40 Decades. years now. Yeah. yeah. If you look back to Saturday night's main event, uh, uh, tribute for the troops and, and like tape delayed versions of WrestleMania have been on NBC mm-hmm. shows. Of course, Raw's been on USA for the better part of the 30 years that it's been on. Um, really the only thing they haven't touched is SmackDown. And also currently right now on Friday nights, they show young rock a show that is dying week by week by week. And also Ooh. looking increasingly like a porn parody, but that's not. Yeah. It's gotten really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So there's a thought that they might go, why are we paying you $750 million a year? And that number keep going up. Right. And we can just lock in the next decade plus. Now. And never have to pay you again. Yeah. I mean, I understand that. But my question is, with the sale, Mm -hmm. what happens when, you know, the product just goes further into the toilet and and they say, well, you know, we don't, you know, they do the Andy from Toy Story. I don't want to play with you anymore. Uh, Do they sell it or do they just turn up shop and close it the fuck down? I think they kill it at a point right? because right now, the thing that WWE Mm. has going for them, uh, there's one more uh, possible investor we're going to talk about in a moment. So let's put a pin in that right now. WWE programming anchors the existence of the USA network. Yeah. I guess now that the Chrisleys are in jail, right? (laughs) Especially now. Yeah. And uh, burn notice got canceled like a decade ago. So uh, Uh, I don't know what else they got beyond, you know, primetime airings of Fast and Furious. Suits? Suits? No, Suits is over too, right? Suits is over also. Pacific Blue? Uh, They could could bring it back. I think a a pack blue Silk Stockings Silk Stockings. Lefem Nikita. Yeah. Put them on on the cock. Put them on USA. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. 
though the cable audience is shrinking, uh-huh. if you look at the percentage of drop of cable subscribers versus the drop in WWE viewers, WWE is ahead of the curve across the board. Hmm. So even though I can sit there and say, well, you know, Raw did one of the worst numbers ever since the show even started on such and such date. Still one of the top performers, regardless of the quality of programming, people fucking put that shit on a Monday nights and they just let it play. <sighs> Same thing happens on Fridays because you will also see on Friday nights Smackdown when they're not on Fox. People don't even bother to look for it. Yeah. They get a pittance. And I recognize Fox Sports is a much smaller station on cable than your ESPNs and so on. But people don't even bother to look at it. But the minute they're back on Fox, exact same fucking numbers all the time. And when you are overseeing gigantic ships that are taking on water, which are over-the-air programming and cable programming, you go for the thing that people just put on. Why? Is it good? No, it's because it's there. It's content, your favorite word. Oh. Oh. But yeah, it's not about it being good. It's about the fact that people show up to watch the commercials in between every week. (laughs) It's what it is. Yeah. But there's one more investor. You think Barron's... uh, uh, the, the uh, newsletter for financial types for reporting this one. Aaron Corbin has his own new lo- newsletter? Uh, different spelling. Two R's. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So uh, he, he had a financial he's... newsletter for a while, and then he became, you know, sad Corbin, and it didn't work. Oh. Anyway. Okay. A consortium of buyers led by Tony and Shad Khan. <laughs> Come on. I mean, there's zero possibility of that going through i don't think it would happen i really don't but if there's anyone i would entrust the future of the pro wrestling industry with right now it's tony khan over many sure but i even i consider say that's a terrible idea i lived through the years 2001 to 2019 (laughs) <laughs> I saw what pro wrestling looks like when there's one guy at the top. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's good, but brother, a lot of it fucking sucks. Yeah. Looking at you, WWE, CW, and uh, a whole a whole bunch of other a BS in between. Whole ton of shit. Early NXT game show years, like yeah. WCW invasion. I mean, all the things you could say about Tony Khan, and and I'm sure we will have our gripes when we get into our our AEW breakdown. The man loves pro wrestling. That he and does. More than that, the man loves delivering pro wrestling to pro wrestling fans. Yeah. And I'm sure his version of the network would be fucking ridiculous. Yeah, pretty much. But I don't think it's a good idea, and I also don't think it's going to happen. But it, it's, Same. Just, it, it's a funny footnote that the cons might fucking own the, in, the in, entirety of of United States professional wrestling. Yeah, in a five year period. From, yeah. From nothing like, to everything is pretty much, you know. My gut is Comcast buys it. 
that's where my head's leaning as well. Uh, you know, relationship wise, fiscally, it makes yeah. the most sense. I can't see. I mean, Disney certainly has the money, um, but I can't see a WWE hub sitting next to the Marvel and Star Wars hubs on on Disney Plus or or anything like that. It just would it be less weird if Disney Plus here in the states were like it were internationally, and it's like, well, here's the FX hub and here's the Fox Movie hub. And it would be the, less weird if it was like that, hub. yeah. Because I I think right. that's the direction it's going in. I think that's where we're going to be landing in the not too distant future. Okay, because, I mean, I'm cool uh, having all that stuff in one spot. To, to talk about the media side of things, I think it's either this year or next that Disney has to fuck or walk on Hulu. Okay. either buy out the rest the remaining, of it from Comcast yeah. or sell the rest of it to Comcast. Huh, okay. Which means Hulu might just become Peacock with a different name. Right. So... Just an interesting turn of events in all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, I mean, look, the best time for Vince McMahon to do, have done all of this was definitely last year. Sure. Because <laughs> the the streaming future and the current uh, profits and, and margin of media is looking scary. Hell, everything's looking scary right now. Yeah, God, the world we, the world sucks. Yeah, we we're... we went from the era of uh, uh, the Great Resignation and quiet quitting to fucking everything tanking, all at yeah. the same time. Yeah, peak TV to this show's canceled. This show's yeah. canceled. This show this, has this been movie removed is... entirely yeah. for viewing. This movie is complete, and we're not going to release it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah it's, it's a little bleak. <laughs> Which it's, it's is definitely why Warner time. Brothers Discovery is not a uh, no. Not in the I, talks right I've now. heard their name bandied about, but they don't have the money. They no. don't. They have no. a fraction of the money. Um, I also wonder if there's gonna be like some crazy like left field Netflix wants to buy it or, or someone like that. But I think the real the real money or the real good idea is uh, for Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney to <laughs> to band together. Ryan a group Reynolds of their has Hollywood has friends. Marvel superhero money, but even that isn't like I'm a billionaire. Like no, I know, I know. But I mean, if what they've done with Wrexham is any indication, yeah, great show. Yeah, let's go. Um, but yeah, I I will say though that we are getting closer and closer, and and I'm uh, I'm, I'm repeating my own joke. But we're getting closer and closer to sort of my my worst case scenario, which is Comcast buys WWE. Mm-hmm. Comcast basically turns WWE into a studio produced program a la American Ninja Warrior. Mm. And of course, they film it at Universal Studios, mm-hmm. which means I can actually say out loud what's WWE doing in the impact zone. There it is. That's where we're going. I, yeah. I, I legit, I, I, I don't know if it would be they buy it and then that happens, or it's like gradual over like a five year run. Yeah. Where they just go, yeah. Why are we spending the money to do live stuff from different arenas or all around the world? No, you're going to Orlando in a space we already have. Oh, there's a ring in here. Who's this? Yeah. <laughs> like and walking in the middle of a dark taping. Like what? What is this? What? Jeff Jarrett laughs his way into, yeah. <laughs> into the bank. Jeff Jarrett, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett is the horcrux of Orlando wrestling tapings. <laughs> he's he's just inextricably linked to Universal Studios. They can't yep. get rid of. 
they built it on Jarrett burial grounds. Like great uncle <laughs> Chet Jarrett is underneath Jarrett. Studio Eight. <laughs> oh uh, god, what a fucking it's so mess. stupid! I hate this. <laughs> Here, let, let's talk about this other company. the fallout of wrestle kingdom right now and we are getting ready for the next few big shows for new japan pro wrestling we've got not one not two but three new beginning shows coming up mm-hmm. real real soon plus a completely sold out battle in the valley in san jose california um and uh let, let's run through some of those cards so far Uh, We've got the new beginning in Osaka, which will be uh, February 11th. Uh, That will have Okada defending the IWGP World Heavyweight title against Shingo Takagi. Mm. Never open weight title match as Tamatanga defends against El Phantasmo. Okay. Loser leaves Japan match as Jay White takes on Hikaleo. We've got uh, Minoru Suzuki, Desperado, and Red Narita against evil Yujiro Takahashi and show uh, we've got Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kenta Master Wado versus Taji Ishimori Hanma Umino Tiger Mask and Taguchi against Naito Sonata Ta- uh, Hiromo Takahashi and Bushi and uh, Great Okan and Aaron Hanare against Toriano and Oscar Lube that is the uh, new beginning in Osaka show which Who the hell is Oscar Lube uh, he's he's the new German young lion uh, he was uh, on the top of the Wrestle Kingdom show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, we've also got uh, New Beginning in Nagoya. That's going to be on uh, the 22nd. Uh, that's going to be birthday. headlined by Shingo Takagi defending uh, the King of Pro Wrestling Championship against Great Okan. Uh, the possible stipulations for that. Takagi has pr- proposed a Takagi-style 30-count pinfall match. <laughs> Okay. The idea behind that is the winner of the contest is the first to get a cumulative 30 count on their opponent. Oh, cumulative. Okay. Yes. So All one right. count is worth one, two counts. Sure. Is worth yeah, two. yeah, yeah. You need 30 points. Okay. Uh, and then Great Okan has proposed an MMA style match. Each wrestler would wear a martial arts gi. Lumberjacks would be stationed, stationed outside the ring, and the match can only end via TKO submission. Additionally, if his stipulation is chosen, Shingo has to put the IWGP World Heavyweight title shot on the line. Yeah, but he's having that match before. Uh, uh, having it after. Uh, February 11th is the Osaka show. Uh, oh, you're going 22nd. in reverse order. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unintentionally. Unintentionally. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and then uh, we've got the new beginning in Sapporo, which is February 4th and 5th. Uh, the fourth is uh, headlined by Shooter against Naito and uh, Osprey versus Taichi. We've also got an IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team title match with Francisco Akira and TJP defending against Daoki and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. And then on February 5th, um, we've got Hiromo Takahashi defending the Junior Heavyweight title against Yo. Zack Sabre Jr. defending the TV Championship against Tamahiro Ishii. And the Bishamon duo of Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi defending their tag team belts against TMDK of Shane Haste and Mike and Mikey Nichols. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Lots of stuff going on there. Meanwhile, the uh, the Battle in the Valley show 
is uh, shaping up pretty nicely. That is going to be on Saturday, February 18th. Bouncing all over the, the calendar here. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got Kyrie defending the IWGP Women's Championship against Mercedes Monet, which is what brought the people and it's what sold the show out. Sure. We're going to have an IWGP heavyweight title match to be announced as Okada still has to defend against Shingo Takagi. Right. Uh, and uh, added to the pre-show, J.R. Kratos versus Alex Coughlin and David Finley versus Bobby Fish. Oh. Yeah. Suffice to say, going to okay. catch that later. Now, the whole Jay White situation is interesting because they announced last night on New Japan Strong right. that at Battle in the Valley, it will be Jay White versus Eddie Kingston. Right. He is facing, at one of the New Beginning shows, Hikaleo in a Loser Leaves Japan match. Right. And additionally, it has been announced, or not announced, it, it has been reported by Fightful and uh, confirmed subsequently by The Observer that Jay White is expected to leave New Japan Pro Wrestling when his contract expires in February. Mm-hmm. So he could theoretically lose to Hikaleo, not be allowed to go back to Japan. Right. Has this match in California. Have the match in California, and then that's it for Jay White. Coincidentally, Hikaleo is on WWE's radar. Right. So he could be losing this to, you know, be forced in the States. Plus, there's this whole end of New Japan strong, beginning of Ring of Honor TV, New Japan working with Ring of Honor thing that hasn't been formally yeah. announced, but Tony Khan's talked about it, which might be a part of all this. And then there's the question that we kind of came off of when it, uh, Wrestle Kingdom was in the books last week. What's Jay White got left? Yeah, I mean... Uh... He's a, like you said, you know, he's essentially Seth Rollins character in WWE, so you can't really fit him in there super easily. You know, he's definitely way past the NXT level over there. Yeah. Um, do you anchor this new New Japan Ring of Honor situation behind Jay White, who I think is a really good person, you know, to put in the top spot of that? Uh, or does he just go and jump over to AEW? Uh, full stop. I don't see him signing with Impact because he's done some stuff there already. Yeah. Um, and, you know, big matches. So it doesn't really seem like there's a lot left for him to do there. So my my, my guesses are he's either the, you know, the, the crux of this new New Japan Ring of Honor TV thing uh, or he just comes into uh, to AEW. You don't think any chance of him going to WWE at all? I think there's a chance. Um, but I don't know. I, I think it's lower on my list of possibilities, probabilities rather. Yeah. I, I would say if Paul Levesque were completely in control, I mean, I know he's saying he's completely <laughs> in control, but if he weren't completely in control, right? I'd say there'd be a higher likelihood. I, I bet fucking Dragon Lee is wondering like, is there, is there a page I forgot to put next on? Is there a way for me to get out of this? Anyone? Yeah. Um, same time an nxt anchored by dragon lee and jay white means i might actually watch nxt so nah well i've nah i'm good <laughs> love your enthusiasm chris hey. pwg battle of los angeles oh. was last weekend and uh really the the thing that everyone was talking about even though 
it was said the the main event finals, which was Kanosuke Takeshita facing Mike Bailey, Mike Bailey winning and being the Battle of Los Angeles winner this time. The bet everyone was talking about came right before it as the traditional uh, uh, eliminated talent multi-man tag had a surprise as uh, it ended up being Jonathan Gresham, Evil Uno, SB Kento from Dragon Gate, Michael Oku from Rev Pro, and Kevin Blockwood against the Jericho Appreciation Society, up to and including Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia, Sammy Guevara, Matt Menard, and Angelo Parker. Yeah, Chris uh, Chris Judas making his appearance at PWG. How about that? Yeah, uh, there was Just a, there trying was to a make himself cool anywhere he goes. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't disagree with that. That is that is a hundred percent a modern Chris Jericho move. Like, oh, yeah. that's getting over. All right, let yeah. Me just, let me let me just, uh, let me just leech leech off of the teat of this over. this hot tub, hot prop over here. Uh, but there was a, a bunch of AEW involvement, not just some of the talent on the show. You know, Daniel Garcia, Takeshita, etc. Uh, but uh, Don Callis was there, as were AEW camera crews, as they're continuing to build this Don Callis scouting Takeshita thing, up to and including because they were in. Uh, Los Angeles this week, they went to a, uh, uh, I think it was Los Angeles Kings game together and were, were spotted on the, uh, the big video screen, hanging out in one of the, uh, the private, uh, private boxes. boxes. Yeah. Well, if they're doing this, why was there no mention of Don Callis being around during the Takeshita, uh, Daniel Bryan or Brian? That is a great question. The fuck guys. Come on. That is a great question. You would think that footage would have been on Wednesday. Uh, right. But uh, all indications are that the Battle of Los Angeles is once again a can't-miss show. Uh, you know, as always, it's talent making their names and doing some of the best work they can. However, it probably won't hit DVD for six months, and then you can't stream it for six months after that. And By that time, who's going to give a shit? Sucks. Like, if they yeah. were streaming this show, I would have bought it within a heartbeat. Sure. Even though they did VOD, like, the Monday after, mm-hmm. I would have bought it in a heartbeat. This rate, I'm going to completely forget all of it. Yep. As we've done with the past three, four years when we said yeah. the same thing. Yeah, you just look at the lineups, and they're fucking killer. Yeah. And then nothing. Uh, we'll see your girl Jordan Grace made it pretty far, having beat the shit out of her husband in the opening round. Yeah, I'm sure that was uh, that was fun Yeah, for them. Uh, also, speaking of your girl, Jordan Grace, she dropped the knockouts title to Mickey James in the main event of the Impact Hard to Kill show on Friday. OK, uh, it was title versus career and Mickey James once again, knockouts champion. All right. Uh, sorry, Jordan Grace. Uh, you've been replaced by Jamie Hayter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, on the impact side, Frankie Kazarian has jumped from AEW to impact. You can have them. Yeah. <laughs> fun they, over there, They bud. have a new uh, on-screen authority figure. The director oh, and it's of him? Authority. No. Oh. The director of authority, or <clears throat> DOA, said uh, Dino Morella has shown up in Impact now. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's, have fun. That's what, what they got going on over there. AEW, though, had a hell of a week in Los Angeles, California, with, and I feel like I've been saying it a lot lately, maybe the best Dynamite ever? 
<laughs> I mean, the in-ring work in the past, what, three, four, yeah, maybe five dynamites. I mean, the, the run of shows they're on is just it's otherworldly right now. Yeah. And it kicked off strong with Hangman Adam Page finally getting his hands on John Moxley. That was the first match of the show. And this was uh, a straight up like Minoru Suzuki and Yuji Nagata old dude beating the piss out of each other brawl. It was to borrow a phrase. It was a slobber knocker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I loved it. The, the the hate was strong. It was just yeah. two it was John Moxley who was just sick of Hangman's shit and Hangman who had a chip on his shoulder and something to prove. And yeah. they just beat the piss out of each other. Uh yeah. Lariat Fest, two K twenty three. Yes. Uh Hangman ends up hitting uh the uh the okay. dead eye. Oh yeah. Uh, Moxley no sells it, hits a curb stop, collapses, then they do forums, headbutts, and palm strikes. Page hits another lariat, hits a buckshot lariat, and wins. But did he truly win as Moxley was knocked loopy and the doctors were checking in on him? Yes, we had ourselves a concussion angle. And while tasteless, especially in its timing compared to the Mm -hmm. segment that followed, I do like the kind of it follows-esque idea of the concussions between these two. Uh, and I thought it was actually really affecting the idea of Hangman Page throughout this whole thing said, I'm going to get my hands on John Moxley. I'm going to knock his dick in the dirt. I'm going to absolutely scramble his brains. He got everything he wanted and more. But did it really satisfy him? At what cost? Yeah. Of your own. Are, are you going to be able to sleep net? Yeah, you remember your son's name now, but will you be able to sleep at night yeah. knowing the, the pain you've caused uh, to yeah. the one who caused it to you? Yeah. To, to another father of yeah. a young child. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. So. Yeah. So I, I'm the same. I don't love, you know, fake concussion angles at all. Uh, but, you know, if this gives Mox his vacation that he's <laughs> been waiting to take for fucking months. Uh, that'll give Tony Schiavone more to do because Renee will be gone as well, most likely. So you know, and that and that and that's fine. But yeah, the match was uh, was a lot of fun. Um, and curious to see not only how you know the win affects the psyche of Hangman, but w- where he goes next, feud wise. Mm-hmm. It's completely open here. Hopefully not Adam Cole. Uh, yeah, no, Adam Cole spoiler. needs to go in another direction. And speaking yeah. of, we did have a very big return to the point of they kayfabe to the announcers. Yeah. Uh, according to to all indications, the actual rundown just said Tony Schiavone in ring with TBD. And right. Tony Schiavone was in ring, said it gives him no pre- pleasure in welcoming this following gentleman. You know it's all about the As God the pop. fucking forum lost their mind. Yeah. I mean, the forum, the, the crowd in L.A. was hot. All if, night. If there is anything I want to give credit to the new guy in production with, it is how well the crowd has been miked yeah. the past few weeks. As it sounds like the fucking Beatles have reunited and given yeah. us all free health care. That is the level of excitement <laughs> that AEW crowd seem to be having these past few weeks. They yeah. may just be on a hot streak, and if so, fuck yeah. But it has been unreal the level of crowd heat these past few shows have shown agreed and, uh, adam cole cut a promo said he has good news and bad news 
uh, he ran down some of the, the, the very real issues he had with this most recent run of concussions. He had two concussions in May and June of last year. He's also yeah. had a fucked up shoulder. Uh, he was at the point where he, he couldn't sleep. He couldn't drive long dizzy distances. He had dizzy spells. It sounded like a living nightmare, and he really wondered, you know, if he was going to be able to, to continue to do the thing he loves, the things that he dedicated his life to, the craft that he's excelled at. But, you know, he has bad news, too. And the bad news was for the rest of the AEW locker room. Because he ain't done yet, and he's yeah. going to get back on top of the mountain. This was the most babyface Adam Cole we've seen maybe ever. Maybe ever, yeah. Uh, he wears it well. Um, yeah, no, that was that was a really good, well-performed promo. Um, basically, the, the living embodiment of, oh, help, please call an ambulance, but for you, sort of situation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, and, uh, you know, big baby face, Adam Cole, you know, sky's the limit here. And, yeah. you know, now he's not saddled with, uh, O'Reilly who's still out and dealing with, uh, recovery and fish who's long gone. So yeah, let him, let him go off on his own, um, fight from underneath. Not sure who, um, but I think long-term an MJF Adam Cole program would be massive. Sure. But that's not for the immediate future. I'm yeah. curious as to what his first feedback is going to be. I don't know. I mean, they're, it's not like they're at a lack of quality talent. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm just going to throw out some names. Um, Takeshita would be interesting, but he's also been dropping a lot of L's. He needs to get on the winning side. Agreed. Him and Darby could be really fun, uh, but Darby is a face now. Yeah. Him and Hobbs could be super fun. Yeah, but then, you know, they're trying to rebuild Hobbs. I was going to say that, too, but I, I don't see Hobbs eating now. Honestly, and this is kind of out of left field. We haven't seen this guy in a couple of weeks or a month or so. I think Luchasaurus kind of might be a really good first foil oh, back you know for what? Adam Cole. Yeah. Big, tall, imposing guy. Works well, well with little guys, as we just saw yeah, him also, lose to, Cole to Jungle and, Boy. Uh, uh, Christian back and forth on the mic might actually yeah. work really well. Right. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, I, I was going to say Lance Archer, but Archer has been around so sporadically. He's kind of lost any right. any luster or heat. And I think, you know, Luchasaurus, it's been a, what, a couple of weeks to a month since we've last seen him. I, but think I, we, I, I don't think we've seen him since the cage match. So that was uh, a full that, year. That, oh, this has been a couple of months then. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you slice it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with him. I just, you know, want them to, to do a thing with him. Yeah. Um. They claimed that Daddy Ass were backstage saying on Rampage they were going to receive stars on the Walk of Fame. Mm-hmm. And then that took us to a big-time tag match. Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, and Hook, a.k.a. Jungle Hook, facing the firm duo of Lee Moriarty and Big Bill. Big Bill, baby. This Ooh. felt like an old-school ECW to-do because it was all about the optics. It was all yeah. about crazy crowd heat. Um, and it Size apparently differences. Yeah. It was the most highly rated segment of the show. I mean, hooks a draw. Let's go. I, I, I don't have any proof cause I haven't seen real numbers or anything. I feel like the jungle hook duo brought in the ladies. Okay. Yeah. Twink team. Let's yeah, go. I feel like that, that might be what did it. Um, there was a very weird, Oh, sorry. I, I should say that, uh, they shock won. of shocks. Obviously jungle hook one. 
Yeah. Uh, and also uh, Hook got to do the T-bone on, on Big Bell, which looked right. awesome. And the bear trap or snare trap snare or trap. snare trap. I guess a bear trap with the twink team would have a whole different connotation. Now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The bear trap is just jungle boy spread open in the middle of the ring. <laughs> God damn it. I just want to hit the, I just want to have that bear out now. Oh, kind of a weird <laughs> angle backstage. Dan Howes and Orange Cassidy and, uh, Gold Globe winner Paul Walter Hauser. Who the fuck is this guy? He's a great actor. Have you seen I Tanya? No. Okay. Well, that's that's part of it. Okay. Uh, he's, what what he's does he win the Globe for? Uh, Apple TV Plus show called Blackbird. Uh, never even heard of that. Yeah. Uh, is that the one with Gary Oldman? No, no, no. It's uh, uh, okay. oh shit. Who? I think Aaron Taylor Johnson's the other person on it. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm looking right now to see who else is on that. Is show. it a Bird Box uh, spinoff? No. Are they all no. okay? All right. uh, oh, sorry, it's not. It's not uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. It's um, Taron Egerton. Oh, okay. I confused, confused my Brits. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's about people in prison. Uh, but yeah, okay. uh, Paul Walter Hauser was also in Black Landsman. He was in Cruella. He played Richard Jewell in Richard Jewell. Um, I never saw it. He's He's a legitimately a great actor, but also he's a big wrestling nerd. So, yeah, okay. that's that's why he's a part of this. Um, anyway, all uh, I need is a Golden Globe to get on AEW. Then, okay, all right, I'll work towards that. Yeah, that's apparently all you need. Okay. Um, Renee Paquette was then backstage at the Elite Locker Room door, talking about how there hasn't been a best of seven series win in this arena since the Pistons and Lakers in 1988. Yeah, well, there you go. Kanosuke Takeshita made his entrance, and then MJF interrupted him and mocked him racially in a segment that I thought sucked. Yeah, this was uh, unnecessary. Went, again, way too long. Here's how I look at it. MJF could either come out and dunk on Hollywood celebrities. Which he did, and that was fine. Or mock Takeshita. You don't get both. Yeah. You pick one. And I, I think it's I because you had both, as we'll talk about, you then had the main event turn into the end of All In, where it's like, oh shit, we only have so much satellite time yet, everybody do it, you know, 1.5 speed. Yeah. So, that was a bummer. And also, really, Take a, take a Shit was the best, like, that is, that is such a... That, that's, that's the, the, that's the AEW draft. stand neckbeard joke. Yes, yeah. it is a first draft gag. I yeah. hate first draft gags. It shows that you did no effort to improve. No work. Yeah. That said, Scooby Dooby Douchebag made me laugh. So we contain <laughs> multitudes. Yeah. This led to Brian Danielson defeating Kanos- t- defeating Kanosuke Takeshita, which on paper it's a bummer because it was another loss for Takeshita. But this match was unreal. Yeah. It was fucking incredible. I, I knew it would be good. But there was no reason for a TV match to be this great. I mean, you, this is what happens when you have two very skilled performers in there, both of which I assume really wanted to wrestle each other. Because uh, this is, I mean, this is pretty much the Daniel Bryan fights the people he wants to fight to get to MJF storyline yes. we're working yes. on. Because next week he's got Bandito, which, fuck yeah, let's go. Hell yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, two guys, and I'm, I'm sure... Takesh does watch Brian matches for, you know, 
ever. Yeah. He's a young guy, too. Yeah, so, I, I, he, I mean, he was posting this week uh, about how he got to be in the finals of uh, Bola. Best of Bola, and he literally, yeah. as a 12-year-old kid, figured out how to import DVDs to right. watch Bola. Yeah. So, like, yeah, this dude was probably, you know, absolutely giddy about having this match. But they beat the piss out of each other, and it ruled. <laughs> they did. But it, 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 it was strike-heavy, but it was also, like... Uh, counter submission, yes. uh, technically savvy as well. Which... And it got Takeshita super over. Like, yeah. I know the whole gimmick was Brian has to win five in a row, but if anyone had called an audible, no one would have been mad. No, that, the crowd would have lost their mind. Yeah. Like, th- this, there was a moment where you felt the momentum start to shift that was kind of like the Andretti Jericho match. Yeah. Where you're just like, the, the crowd started to be like, holy shit, this guy is a fucking star. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was it was awesome. I, I, I God, uh, just so many great strikes, so many great moves. The the the, the gut wrench suplexes that Takeshita does are so like you. Uh, it's hard to take your eyes off of him when he does them. They're, they're, yeah, it, it's that it's a level of fluidity, but also like um, struggle in doing them that makes it look like such a, a greater to do when he actually lands it. Um, and Brian fucking having a death wish and deciding I'm going to do a flying knee to the floor is one of the craziest <laughs> fucking things I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. It didn't really uh, land as well as I hope anybody thought it would or hoped yeah. it would at least, too. Uh, but, yeah, just just a fantastic early match of the year uh, candidate for a dynamite. Yeah. One of two on the show. One of two on the show, absolutely. Um, Renee was backstage with Juice Robinson. Juice cutting a promo okay. for his Darby Allen match on Friday. I like Juice as a promo guy. I can't. I can't shit on him. Nah, he's fine promo. I just is he's, he's just there. Yeah. We had the tag match: Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker against Soraya and Tony Storm. Um, the crowd and apparently people watching on TV were definitely ready for Mercedes to show up, and she did not. Even though, fucking week before, even Mel- look, I I will say, even myself. I said, eh, you know, maybe she'll still pop up. I'll own I I always considered it a, a a faint possibility. But they did say that Soraya has picked her mystery partner, and it's Tony Storm, right? And yes, there was a hint that she was going to get involved, and she did get involved in the finish. Yeah, no, she brought the kendo stick in, and then um, what? Um, Tony Storm got hit by it and, and yeah. ate the pin. Yeah. Um. But there was no legitimate indication that Mercedes Monet was going to show up at the show. Yet the Internet in its uh, terrible glory decided to work themselves into a shoot and then got depressed when it didn't happen. Like, yeah. brother, there was no. There, the, the, I, the turn of phrase that Sean Ross Sapp used this week was professional malpractice to describe the swerve that was done on fans with regards to Mercedes Monet. Wait, so he's saying that it was it was a, it, this was intentional? He's saying that this was above and beyond ruining AEW for the fans by not delivering. But there was no actual indication that she was going to fucking be there. Exactly. Brother, fucking ridiculous. Come on. Yeah, people, there a lot of a lot of weird pearl clutching and uh a lot of weird I accidentally muted you. 
Can you unmute yourself? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I fucked up. <laughs> I don't have the ability to unmute you. Do you have the ability to unmute you? Dear listeners, you get to enjoy this. Jesus Christ, brother. Yeah, apologies. What are you doing? I'm hitting, I'm hitting the wrong thing as I'm trying to go from window to window is what happened there. Yeah. Maybe wait. we'll leave that in and maybe we'll edit it out. I ain't editing shit out. My apologies, Chris. You're forgetting. Anyway, it was... It was silly. People's reactions to this was silly. And then we had the Jericho Appreciation Society come out. And I'm like, fuck, it's 930. <laughs> right? I need I need this fucking liner match to start, man. Yeah. But this was about having a promo back and forth between the JAS and Ricky Starks and Action and Dreddy. I thought for the most part it was fine. I didn't love... Uh, Starks dunking on the lisp of Jake Hager. Eh, low hanging fruit. I do feel like he was about half a beat from uh, from calling Hager a dumb Gilligan looking motherfucker and realized he had to <laughs> he had to edit a word there mid sentence. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but this was fine, you know. Uh, Hager said that he was going to uh, slap Starks face off his face. And in turn, they would have a match next week, which already got announced during the promo train right before this. Right. Yeah. So, again, a little bit of a little bit of timing is the issue. But we had the finals of the best of seven series as, as it was the Elite versus Death Triangle and Escalera de la Muerte. And this was, even though they were clearly pressed for time, a masterpiece. It really, you know... It speaks to the talent of all six. Well, really, there were more than like eight, eight. to ten people involved. <laughs> yeah, eight if you, not, nine nine if you it, count Nakazawa. Yeah, uh, Nakazawa, and if you include Rick Knox, who was just fucking. Oh, there. so then ten, because yeah. then you also had uh, Abrahantes and um, uh, Brandon Cutler. So yeah. that's ten. Ten yeah. people involved in this in this whirlwind, high spots only match. Yeah, um, and you know. Just the athletic ability, the cardio ability to mm-hmm. do this sprint of ridiculously staged violence is just it's just awe inspiring. Yeah. It's so and much fun to watch. And it's like, what what was the craziest spot in the match? Uh, may I count the ways? Was it uh, the Terminator dive? through a table followed by the 450 through a table was yeah. it a, a fucking fear factor on a ladder was it i mean even little shit like you know the way just pack and, and omega and phoenix and everybody were just getting around the ring and doing their spots yeah. around each other like th- was th- it the one winged angel off the ladder yeah the one winged angel off the ladder for the finish that somehow did not absolutely murder and paralyze phoenix i, yeah. I mean these these performers gave some of the best individual performances of their careers. Nary a botch, nary a slip up, nary a miscommunication. The highest level. Yeah. It it was like watching uh, an orchestra perform at at the highest level. It was just absolutely gorgeous. And, uh, you know, I'm going to miss this series. Very, very much so. Like, you know, we always talk about wanting to go back and watch matches from the past. Like you put a DVD out of this best of seven series and maybe include the first match at full gear, not full gear. Um, uh, Re- no, it was full gear. Uh, they, what well, you mean? Uh, cause the, the finals, at, um, 
Oh wait, yes, sorry. The, yeah, the yeah, yeah. The last pay per view yeah, yeah. was the first match when yeah. they came back, and then yeah, and then they was that the... was that officially the first? It, it was the, best the of seven it was a, yeah. Retroactively, the, the reveal was hey, it's actually the first and the best of gotcha. seven. Okay, but yeah, you right. you put all those on one disc. Yeah, uh, fucking put it in a time capsule and let future generations see what right? we got to saw. Uh, yeah, like un- un- unbelievable remarkable professional wrestling the elite once again are trios champions and we'll see where they go from here but then friday took us to the show that we've been waiting on AEW Rampage, which was a pre-taped edition, and it kicked off with Darby Allen versus Juice Robinson. Started a little slow, but then absolutely kicked ass. Uh, great hard. finishing sequence. Um, not a big surprise that Darby retained. Uh, sure. But uh, after the match, Sting made his way to the ring to celebrate. Excalibur actually talked about the uh, the great Muda match next week next week in Japan. So that was a cool okay. little thing there. Um. Powerhouse Hobbs cut a promo backstage about the Book of Hobbs saying, A phoenix rose from the ashes? I took that phoenix and I broke its neck. Hmm. And uh, he he said uh, he's going to uh, basically hurt everyone in an AEW. So let's fucking go. Let's do the thing. Interesting. Um, Renee Paquette was on stage, welcomed the acclaimed to receive their star on the Walk of Fame. Take two. Take two, because... Uh, uh, Max Caster tripped over his uh, his rap on the first go, um, and uh, they went to uh, Scissor and placed their fingers in cement. But they were quickly interrupted by the Gun Club. As mm-hmm. Yes, we're back into that. So uh, it looks like the Gun Club is going to be going uh, into the uh, uh, tag title side of things. But uh, they had some back and forth. Uh, daddy ass said, Hey, you know what? The guns are right. They are stars who should have their hands put in cement. So the acclaim then pantsed the guns and shoved them ass first into the cement. Mm-hmm. So there are now ass cheeks, quote unquote, on the walk of fame. Gotcha. Renee Paquette was in backstage with mogul affiliates. Swerve said in 2023, they're going to be the most violent group ever in AEW. Sure. This of course was then followed by the Kings of the black throne. Okay defeating Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. This was awesome. If just for the interactions between uh, Kingston and Malachi black. Not yeah. Two I saw people who I would have thought would have good chemistry, but they had great chemistry. I saw the sequence of the spinning back fist, miss black mass mix. And then they both sat down and started jaw jacking each other. That was, that was strong stuff right there. Yeah. It was really, really good. Um, also there was a, a whole bit where Kingston wasn't trusting Ortiz to the point where the Los Angeles crowd was chanting tag your partner at <laughs> Kingston to try to get him to tag in. Um, yeah. Whole, whole to do. Uh, but the finish That's was, good that they got that kind of crowd interaction after a full night of dynamite. And then, you know, yeah. Late in the night into, into this rampage taping. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, when they filmed it, it was like eight or nine o'clock. Well, no, it wasn't late, but they've been yeah. sitting there for like True. four, three, three hours easily at that point. True. Uh, but the finish was Ortiz ducking a black mask. Kingston takes it. Ortiz gets knocked outside. Black pins, pins Kingston. And then post-match, Black tells Ortiz, you did good, and threw him back into Kingston. So hmm. the seeds continue Intrigue. to be sowed. Um, yeah. 
Lexi Nair backstage with Jade Cargill and Layla Gray. Cargill saying she has bigger things to worry about the Red Velvet. She's more concerned about who's going to be her 50th win in AEW. And Layla Gray said that Red Velvet is out and she's in. Which means I continue to not understand how the baddies work. Yeah, I don't know. You had Paul Walter Hauser come out. He's with mm-hmm. Renee Paquette. He had his Golden Globe with him. Uh, he uh, said he always ba- bypasses Connecticut and goes to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. He's interrupted by Danhausen. Okay. Danhausen says, hey, I'm the top seller of merchandise in AEW, but I was never given a physical award, so I want the Golden Globe. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. But then they're interrupted by these assholes. Ew. Jay, J- Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh come out. Uh, Hauser says uh, to Jarrett that this isn't Memphis and you look like a woman from Crunch Fitness. <laughs> okay, that's pretty funny. And everyone else looks like they're dressed for a homeschool prom. <laughs> so Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt attack Hauser. Singh traps Dan Hausen in the corner. Jarrett grabs his guitar and breaks over the head of Hauser. Oh, he took the guitar spot. Yes. All and right. Then, uh, sure, he was Jay Lethal and Sanjay that. Dutt, while uh, Orange Cassidy and the best friends make the save, steal the Golden Globe. Oh, intrigue. Yes, they have the Golden Globe. And then the main event was... Jeff Jarrett, uh, one, one, one closer to his EGOT. Exactly. Which uh, is not a part of the Yeah, game. yeah, but he, no he, he's Globe. in the range of the EGOT. Is the yeah, 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 yeah. He, he's, he's, Jeff Jarrett thinks the G in EGOT is Golden Globe. Yeah, but we know that the G in EGOT is Godo. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's only a Grammy. <laughs> Throws it back. Then uh, the second annual TJ street fight occurred. <laughs> As is uh, Ty Mello and Anna Jay against Ruby Soho and Will Nightingale. Justin had very strong words about this on the soapbox. Uh, yes. If you want to join our Patreon to hear that. Justin uh, I, hates a lot of things that we like. I just thought this was a wild fucking <laughs> brawl. Uh, and Ruby decided, fuck it, I'm Eddie Guerrero, and I'm going to go into shock in the ring. And, yeah. like, went down the fucking street on her forehead. Good Lord. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, really, though, this was about putting over uh, Willow Nightingale as a fucking beast. And, uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, Anna J. Attempted murdering Willow Nightingale, uh, yeah. murderer Willow Nightingale. There. Um, but this was just a, a wild plunder filled match. Uh, thumbtacks, barbed wire, whole nine. Um, Destination Unknown into the tax on to Ty Mello gets Ruby Soho the revenge and the win. And we've got uh, a very packed dynamite coming up this Wednesday. As, Run it down. As we talked about, Brian Danielson will be facing Bandito one-on-one. Yes. Jake Hager will be facing Ricky Starks. Renee Paquette will be talking with Hangman Adam Page. That okay. should be interesting. The Young Bucks will be facing Top Flight. Yes. should be incredible. Orange Cassidy will be defending the All-Atlantic title against Jay Lethal, which, despite my problems with Jay Lethal, will probably be a very solid match. And holy fucking shit, Darby Allen's defending the TNT title against Kushida. Oh, yeah. I, I, I totally forgot that they announced that. Making his AEW debut is Kushida. And then uh, Friday on Rampage announced so far, it's going to be Daniel Garcia taking on Action and Dreddy, which should be really fucking good. Yeah. So okay. uh, on paper, at least, the hot streak of AEW will continue. I mean, you got Daniel Bryan, uh, 
Brian Danielson wrestling a match Daniel every Brian week. Daniel Danielson, on, yes. Yeah, wrestling a match every week on Dynamite, and you're gonna have you're gonna have a good time. Yeah, yeah. We've got at least three more of these after this, which means I can't wait for next week. As it's going to be undoubtedly Brian Danielson versus the Deathmatch Legend himself, Luther. Gonna be a great match. <laughs> The Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughhouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Roughhouse Redos, and Roughhouse Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod- House, uh podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. The Rough House Podcast is brought to you by the AJ Styles School for Talking Good Promo Well. If you want to like me, have a good talk style words with your speech, simply... Make sure that you cut the promo for people to be like, yeah, that man has the points for with talking app. The AJ Style School for Talking Good Promo Well is now accepting applications for prospective new students. Are you an aspiring pro wrestler but not sure if you can handle yourself on the stick? Then call the AJ Style School for Talking Good Promo Well to hone your craft, just like the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. For example, Claire Lynch, that ain't a, that's not a good. So I was like, uh-uh. And and then Dixie Carter, she said, "Hmm," and I'm like, "You got it," because I'm I'm the one that's pheno- phenomenal. I'm the phenomenal one here in this environment of wrestling. All right, we got six sides. Unlike Sorry, four now, AJ. We got four sides in the one. This is my house, and this is where I live. I'm the best. I'm the best that's ever been in the world. Because I'm the best that there is. Be the best that there is, just like AJ Styles. The AJ Styles School for Talking Good Promo Well will make sure you're ready to take the squared circle by vociferous force. Classes include Spitting Hot Fire 101, Advanced Pipe Bomb Dropping, and Mush Mouth Management. Send in your application now to the AJ Styles School for Talking Good Promo Well and make yourself phenomenal. I'm the phenomenal one, AJ Styles, and if you have desires to speak in a fashion much than the way that I have done talks before with the way I've done words all the, with my mouth. I make speak and people go, man, and then I kick people. Usually it heads, I, my head I'm in the, I kick them in the head is what I do. Um, I'm a uh, total knockout. E, EC, TNA. TNA is what I'm in. Because that's, that's where I'm Really hoping I get hired by WWE. I'll wear a mask. I hear there's a SIM card open. The AJ Style School for Talking Good Promo Well is located in the Deep South, right in front of Foreign Object Warehouse and perpendicular to the KFC. 